0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Paranormal Sun, coming to you live from Tower Studios. As always, I'm JT, and I'll be your tour guide as we explore the unexplained. Well, good evening everyone. I hope that you're doing well. I hope you've had a good week and you're settling into the weekend. And tonight, again, we're going to cover over some more of those CIA files that were released thanks to John Greenwald from The Black Vault. And again, uh, much appreciated that he did all the hard yards to get these files for us. So aside from that, things have been good. I've been motoring away doing all the things in the background that I need to do. I've still got a lot to get done in the next 10 days or so, folks, but I am doing my best to be on schedule. No matter what happens, you'll definitely have an episode out on February the 10th for Season 3. That will be the kickoff of Season 3. It's just trying to rearrange everything else and get all the things done in the background that I want to get done. So if push comes to shove, I'll just have to shove some of those things off and deal with them later on in the season, some of the things that you don't see that go on in the background. So one thing I have done, though, folks, to try and make it easy for everyone, I've updated all the show notes every episode. So if you go in the show notes now, there is a link that says to follow and support the show. And if you just click that link, it will take you to basically my link tree with everything from the addresses of the show to the social media platforms. There's the links there for Patreon and PayPal if you'd like to support the show with a financial contribution and many other things. So make sure you go and check that out. If you're not sure what platforms I'm on, how you want to follow the show, where you want to see things, the only link that really isn't on there is the TikTok link. And the reality is, folks, all I post over at TikTok are the audiograms that you can see in the Facebook group and on Instagram anyway. So if that's the kind of stuff that interests you, by all means, go and join those groups. Like I say, we have a lot of fun in there. There's lots of good people in the Facebook group, and there's lots of supportive people on Instagram. So aside from that, like I say, everything's been good. I've just been working away, motoring away. I've had a very interesting week or so. With the, uh, with the tarot cards as well, it's been quite interesting since I've taken up tarot, um, how many synchronicities I've seen. But, I mean, that's part of life and that's part of our journey. We're always learning new things. We're always checking out some of these different things and, and learning different avenues. But I found it fascinating to tell you the truth. Uh, let's see. Aside from that, I've just been trying to support some other podcasters as well with some great content. Like I say, uh, make sure you go over there and check out my friends at the Old 77. I was on there recently. I'm not quite sure when that episode will come out, but it'll come out in the next two, three weeks, I'd say. The cool bit about that was that was very much just a no-holds-barred, unscripted episode. It wasn't overly controversial, but the main things I spoke on there as far as this realm would have probably been my NDEs, I talked about my NDEs, and a few other things on there, and for those of you, if you don't know what an NDE is, it's a near-death experience, so I've had a couple in my life, and we spoke about a few other things, but it's always fun to go over there and catch up with Dave and and Scott, I had a lot of fun, uh, Maddie wasn't there this time, but uh, these things happen, you know, everybody's got a life in this world, except for me, I don't have much of a life, so... I tend to be on the airways more often than not. Like I say, aside from that, not a whole lot to report uh, as far as out-of-the-ordinary news, so we are very quickly going to get into the CIA files. Again, I'm scuppering news of the damned and a few other things for this special bonus series for you. Keep in mind that this is just basically a bonus series to keep you occupied until Season 3 drops, so I'm trying to keep it as easy as I can. Not a lot of editing, not a lot of researching, because I've got a lot of things, like I say, that I need to get done behind the scenes. And this allows you to get some content, and at the same time allows me to do some of the other things that I need to get done. So for those of you who may not have heard the other episodes, go back and check those out. But basically what happened is, there's a gentleman named John Greenwald, he formed a website called The Black Vault in the 90s, and John Greenwald has been one of the foremost people out there gathering files from the government via FOIA requests. And again, if you're not sure what FOIA is, it stands for Freedom of Information. As a U.S. taxpayer, someone who lives in the U.S., you've got the right to request information. You can, for example, place a FOIA request on something like 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. And then, depending on which department you've sent the FOIA request to, you should get some documentation back and if they have nothing or they claim to hold nothing, then they're supposed to send you a receipted letter saying, we don't have anything like that in our files. It's not free. It does cost money. And there are people out there that will help people prepare FOIAs. So if that is something that you were ever interested in doing, there are pretty easy ways to look into it. Me personally, uh, I'm no longer in the U.S., number one. Number two, I don't have the money to look into these cases. So I really tip my cap to someone like John Greenwald, who takes the time and the money. And again, doing these FOIAs isn't always straightforward. You have to know exactly what terminology to use so it doesn't get lost in the bureaucratic shuffle. You also have to have the money, like I say, and you have to have an inordinate amount of patience. I've heard some of these stories about FOIA requests just getting shuffled around back and forth because they're basically hoping that the person who's asked will get tired of waiting at some point and go away. So anyway, John Greenwald has gathered several thousand documents, I believe off the top of my head. It was around 2,790. These documents he's gathered over the last few years, and he's uploaded them onto the Black Vault. Now he's done all the hard work and made them into PDFs, so they're searchable, easy to read and scroll through. Well, when I say easy, they're ordered properly. It's not easy to read a lot of it because they're so old. Some of them are smudged and bleary. And you also have to know what some of the acronyms mean. But what I've been doing is I've been picking out several of these each episode and reading them to you on air and making some commentary and also doing some quick Google searches on some of the things I'm not aware of. And I will tell you, folks, I've done three episodes so far and I've learned quite a bit in each episode. None of this is like mundane uh, and this week, the CIA bought a UFO-shaped car air freshener or something like that. I mean, in every one of these file uh, selections that I've picked, I think I went five in the first one, five in the second one, and three in the last episode. All of them, there's been something super fascinating in there. So uh, we are now going to get into that and start digging into these files and see what they hold. Now, before we get going here too, folks, that's the other thing that I forgot to mention. Each one of these articles, or sorry, each one of these documents are numbered, and I'll call out the number. So if you want to write me or you want to ask about a certain document, please quote the document number, because again, we just want to make sure we're on the same page. So this document that I've just opened up is document number 14, and this one is another one in the same vein that a lot of them have been as far as it's got all of the different branches that it's been sent to. And again, former Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, FBI office, um, U.S. Space Command, FBI's in London, uh, CIA Washington, NASA. So what I'm saying is, again, this is not just for every Tom, Dick, and Harry that happens to be holding an FBI or a CIA badge. This is top-level stuff. Uh, FBI Bureau in Vienna, you know what I'm saying. So this one uh, came out in, sorry, this one is from 1991, and it looks like, yeah, January 19th. So again, this is the CIA monitoring overseas uh, communications, i.e. television, radio, etc. So this one says, warning, FOUO, due to copyright or other restrictions, this item is intended for use by only US government consumers warning that's redacted so again when i talk about redacted it means i can't read it it's been blacked out in the document okay so this one says attention tv center attention bbc hungary hungary television program summary 191830 so uh, january 19th 630 uh, p.m. in budapest budapest mtv television network in hungary now that's interesting that Budapest uh, uh, MTV's been talking about UFOs. Headlines, uh, video report on CNN television station reporting on latest developments in the Gulf. So again, this would have been right around the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. Iraqi missiles hit Tel Aviv. Interview with Israeli ambassador to Budapest on Arab unity. President Bush praising Israel for restraint. Egypt will remain in the Allied coalition even if Israel intervenes in the Gulf War. King Hussein of Jordan in awkward position and then interview with Hikmat Zaid, Palestinian ambassador to Budapest on Arab Unity. The next is video report on French Jaguars departing for Gulf region. So I think that must be a fighter jet or a bomber, but it could be a tank, but I would say it's a plane. Five video report on peace demonstrations in Berlin. Six video report on Moscow still urging diplomatic solution in the Gulf. 7. Video report on massive peace demonstrations in Rome. 8. Video report on CNN television station interviewing Israeli deputy foreign minister. 9. Video reporting on Hungarian defense ministry spokesman Colonel Georgi Keleti, hoping for no escalation of Gulf conflict. Well, we all know how that went. Video report on government crisis in Moscow, dissent against President Gorbachev, and that's when Yeltsin ended up taking over. Video report on sharp drop in international oil prices. Minister of Trade stating that Hungary has sufficient energy and food reserves. Video report on milk producers complaining about lack of government representation, surplus of milk in Hungary. Video report on Smallholders Party reclaiming land in Hajju Bihar. Uh, Video report on International Conference in Budapest. Video report on First Congress of Hungarian Gypsy Association. Video report on unidentified flying object spotted in Kekskemet. Okay, now I'm not sure where Kekskemet is. Maybe it's in Hungary or Bulgaria. Uh, And that is the end of the document. So we are going to firstly just pop onto Dr. Google and we're going to see where Kekskemet is. What I've been doing, folks, is if I find something that I don't know about, I will start out by looking like this. For example, I want to see where this region is. And then uh, if it's a UFO case I haven't heard of, I'll Google it and see what I can find. And through the magic of editing, I'll just pause and pick it up when I find out something. So Kekskemet is a city in the central part of Hungary. It is the eighth largest city in the country and a county seat of Kiskun. And again, folks, please don't shoot me if I mispronounce the Hungarian. Um, I do my best with all of these languages, but obviously they aren't my first language. I am a native English speaker, and there are some others I speak very well, but uh, a lot of these languages I just have to kind of take a stab in the dark. So I was just trying to get an idea of the population. Okay, so as of 2016, uh, it had kind of in the surrounds 187,000. So we're not talking about some massive city. Anyway, now I'm going to just quickly pause and see what I can find on this UFO case, if anything. Okay, so as you would expect when I googled Kixcomit UFO 1991, there are comments about these actual files. So again, I'm learning with you. This is all kind of uh, spur of the moment. So I'm kind of learning as I read these to you. So this first one here is from The Hungary Today, and this one says, Uncovered CIA documents contain assumed UFO sightings in Hungary. The U.S. government recently passed the Freedom of Information Act, which means all of the CIA's documents dealing with UFOs have been shared with the public. Okay, so that's not true. The Freedom of Information Act has been around for a long time, and again, it must be requested. So, but they are talking about this document dump. Among the documents can be found a report of an assumed UFO sighting over Kecskemét, and I was just going back to look if this was 2021, this article, and it is, as well as discussion of extraterrestrials in 1992 UFO Congress in Budapest. The 713 PDF copies were released by the online database known as Black Vault, where users can search by keyword to find whatever CIA-related questions they seek answers to. Unfortunately, however, readers have not found any exceptionally controversial news of Ali- Ali- <laughs> Area 51 space lizards or Vulcan-esque civilizations. Okay. Among the not-so-secret documents are instances of agents reporting on Hungary. One particular case in 1991, Hungarian state television MTV reported a potential UFO sighting over Kekskemet. Hungarian authorities took the sighting completely seriously, with Colonel Georgi Keleti, spokesperson for the Hungarian army at the time and later Minister of Defense, reporting that a UFO had passed through Hungary's airspace, traveling at 300 kilometers an hour, which is around um, 200 miles an hour, something like that. In another document, the Hungarian state channel's news program, Herado News, reported on the 92 UFO Congress in Budapest. So this sighting does not look to be as juicy as that. Moscow one I covered in the last episode, and I've got another article here stating very much the same, and I'm just checking out what it's got, so I'm just going to read through this. Okay, okay. so this one has got pretty much the document, but they're kind of, um, I don't know what the site is, but it looks like they're very much kind of taking the line that, The UFOs are demonic, so it's not a whole lot of help. So that one um, is document 14, as I say. And although not a terrible document, we found some much more exciting things so far. And it is a bit of a laugh to me that they sat there and they said, oh, not so secret and nothing too exciting. I found lots in these already, and I've only been through, that was just the 14th one I've done. So uh, I do have a bit of a laugh when they say these things. Okay, so this one here is number 15. And this one says, Office Memorandum, United States Government to Chief Physics and Electronics Division, OSI. So again, OSI is the former version of the CIA, Office of Strategic Intelligence. This was the OSI was is famous from being in World War II and being involved in all the cloak and dagger stuff. Now, this is dated May 27th, 1953. And it says, from Assistant Director Scientific Intelligence. Subject, Unidentified Flying Saucers. Okay. Responsibility for maintaining current knowledge of reports of sightings of unidentified flying objects is hereby assigned to your division. So, assigned to Chief Physics and Electronic Division of OSI. So, it's basically saying that this is being assigned to the forerunner of the CIA. By carbon copy of this memorandum, Chief of the Applied Science Division is requested to provide support from a weapons and hardware standpoint. Major files on UFOs are located in Air Branch, Applied Science Division. A file, of, uh, a file of key documents and administrative papers are on file in the Operations Staff Office. Mr. Jackson Haskert of IFS is presently the custodian of certain files of this subject, which were transferred to IPS from O/CI. So I think that would be Office of Central Intelligence. It is suggested that the Physics and Electronics Division take over custody of such of these files as are necessary for it to fulfill the above responsibility. The division should also arrange thoroughly, Mr. Heckert, so that material on the subject being forwarded from O-OI will be routed directly to Physics and Electronics Division. And then there's some handwritten notes here. I'm just trying to see if I can read them, but it's what division question? Uh, it is quite hard to read, as I say. And it's got H. Marshall Chadwell um, distribution, and then it's got the distribution list as they did in the old days because you didn't have emails. It's basically got a list of everyone. ...who is getting a copy of this. So again, folks, we're just going to very quickly pause this... ...and I'm going to see if I can find out anything about those people named. Okay, my friends, I am back. Now, the first name there, which I think is Mr. Jackson, Haskert. Nothing comes up, and I've searched Haskert and Heckert. But again, it may be someone who is not very well-known... ...or it didn't rise very far in the ranks... But H. Marshall Chadwell, on the other hand, we've got some news on him. So, the Robertson Panel, which has also been referred to as the Robertson Committee in the past. The Robertson Panel was a scientific committee which met in, you guessed it, January of 1953, headed by Howard P. Robertson. The panel arose from a recommendation to the Intelligence Advisory Committee in December 1952, from a CIA review of U.S. Air Force investigation into Unidentified Flying Objects, or Project Blue Book. The CIA review itself was in response to widespread reports of unidentified flying objects, especially in the Washington, D.C. area, during the summer of 1952. Now, folks, that is definitely going to be the subject of a future episode. Uh, Some of my friends on other podcasts have covered it, and I just, again... People who are saying these documents are boring and there's not a lot there, they're just not looking, because I'm just playing lucky dip, okay? So I'm just grabbing out a document, I'm not taking them in order, I'm just grabbing them randomly, and I'm even randomly numbering them, so if I pull out five, I might label the third one number one, see what I'm saying? So none of these are in date or anything like that, it's just all luck of the draw, and Every episode I've done, I found very, very interesting things. Last episode, if you remember, there was a full-blown photo of flying saucers with U.S. Air Force markings on them. So anyone who's out there saying, oh, there's nothing there, I don't know what they're smoking. So, the panel was briefed on U.S. military activities and intelligence, hence the report was originally classified secret. Later declassified, the Robertson Panel's report concluded that UFOs were not a direct threat to national security, but could pose an indirect threat by overwhelming standard military communications due to public interest in the subject. Most UFO reports, they concluded, could be explained as misidentification of mundane aerial objects, and the remaining minority could in all likelihood be similarly explained with further study, of course, of course. Nothing to see here, folks. Don't pay attention to the giant disc flying through the air with the sun glinting off of it. Don't pay attention to all of the personnel, both military and civilian, who have seen thousands and thousands of these. Pay no attention to the fact that U.S. fighter jets chased flying saucers over Washington, D.C. Nothing to see here, folks. It can all be explained away. Yeah, right. Okay. So, I wanted to get to this gentleman in specific. Or we'll just spend all episode me reading these wiki uh, entries on it. Uh, I'm just looking for his name here. Uh, we'll give them credit. Uh, usually they are very sparse when they write up things on UFOs, but this has got a very heavy, um, a, a very a, a, a very substantial write up. Okay, where are you, sir? J. Allen Hynek mentioned, as you would expect. Now, here we go, folks. Here is the interesting tie-in. On December the 2nd, 1952, CIA Assistant Director Chadwell noted, Recent reports reaching CIA indicated that further action was desirable, and another briefing by the Cognizant A-2 and ATIC personnel was held on the 25th of November. At this time, the reports of incidents convince us that there is something going on that must have immediate attention. The details of some of these incidents have been discussed by AD-SI with DDCI. Sightings of unexplained objects at great altitudes and traveling at high speeds in the vicinity of major U.S. defense installations are of such nature that they are not attributable to natural phenomena or known types of aerial vehicles. So this is the CIA assistant director. So basically the 2IC of the CIA. And he is saying that there's something to this, and it's not just natural phenomena. So, yep, uh, and this is the gentleman who wrote this uh, instruction. So that, my friends, again, is document 15, if you want to talk about that one. And again, if you would like any of these documents, if you just ask me for the one and send me an email, I can reply with the documents. No problem at all. Okay, so, again... Another freaking fascinating one. Alright, we're just going to move that in there. Oh, Okay, so number 16 now. Okay, this one. Informal. Deputy Assistant Director slash SI. 1st of August, 1952. Acting Chief, Weapons and Equipment Division. Flying Saucers. And the Flying Saucers is in quotations. Pursuant to your request for overall evaluation of flying saucers and associated reports, the following is pertinent. Of 1,000 to 2,000 such reports received by ATIC, and again, I've got the acronym written down here somewhere, folks. I just have to find it. And I'm sure that someone out there is screaming right now, JT, it's this! So it's the Air Technical Intelligence Center. So, it says... A large percentage are clearly phony. An equally large percentage can be satisfactorily explained as known flights of currently operational U.S. equipment, aircraft, weather balloons, etc. Always the weather balloons. And many others are undoubtedly of natural phenomena. Meteorites, clouds, aberrations of light caused by thermal inversion or reflection, etc. Less than 100 reasonably credible reports remain unexplainables at this time. Regarding these reports, there is no pattern of specific times, configurations, sizes, characteristics, performance, or location. The source of these reports are generally no more or less credible than the sources of the other categories. It is probable that if complete information were available for presently unexplainable reports, they too could be evaluated into categories as indicated in A above. 2. Notwithstanding the... Forgoing tentative facts, so long as a series of reports remains unexplainable, interplanetary aspects and alien origin not being thoroughly explained or, sorry, excluded from consideration, caution requires that intelligence continue coverage of the subject. Three, it is recommended that CIA surveillance of subject matter in coordination with property, proper authorities of primary operational concern at ATIC be continued. It is strongly urged, however, that no indication of CIA interest or concern reach the press or public, in view of their probable alarmist tendencies to accept such inherent as confirmatory of the soundness of unpublished facts in the hands of the U.S. government. 4. The undersigned has arranged with the commanding officer of the Air Technical Intelligence Center at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, for a thorough and comprehensive briefing Related to this subject on 8th August, 1952. Subsequent to obtaining full details, a detailed analysis will be prepared and forwarded. And this, the undersigned is Edward Toss, T-A-U-S-S. And then there are some other names here, General Strong among them. So again, here we go, folks. Uh, This is another interesting one. So basically what they're saying is, They feel that almost all of these UFO sightings are explainable. However, as long as there are some that can't be explained, they should be further investigated and monitored by the CIA. But at the same time, folks, we don't want anyone knowing that the CIA is monitoring this. So, you know, you just do your very best and uh, don't let anyone know because we don't want to panic the public. So I do find it quite interesting. Now, that is the way I would expect a uh, let's say competent government agency to react to be fair you don't want to panic the public but at the same time if there's any chance that there's something to this you need to know so that is one of the first times i've actually seen a document from the cia or one of the other alphabet agencies that's actually treating this with a rational understanding and saying let's take a look at this but at the same time let's keep this a bit quiet because we don't want the press or the public getting all alarmist on us. So not a bad way to look at things. So that is quite interesting. Now, let's see here. Number 17. So like I say, that was 16. This one is number 17. And I'm not going to go through and look at all the people in that list, because I think that that document was pretty self-explanatory. Now, here we go. Uh, Unclassified. Conconcon. Tented J.P.R.S. reports, 1990. So I don't quite read that properly, but I would say it's, like, condensed. So again, 1990, uh, very fluid years from 89 to 91 or so. And it's interesting that so many of these documents are coming out in 90 and 91. So, headline, table of contents, Narodi Azi Afrique. So it looks like this is um, uh, some kind of television or radio program. Okay, it's from Moscow. I was going to say it's definitely foreign, it's not English. And this is covering from July to August of 89. Okay. Column of Editorial Board, Small Private Enterprise and Economic Development, Vian Ulikian countries of Asia, state policy towards small business, VL Shellness, historical destinies of small production, breaking theoretical stereotypes instead of afterward. So again, folks, you got to remember at this time, it was very much glasnost and the opening up of the USSR. What Mikhail Gorbachev was trying to do was to let some water through the dam before the whole dam collapsed. similar to what Deng Xiaoping did in China by introducing Some types of an open market, a limited open or free market, some type of trading he was trying to keep from having the USSR collapse, but it did anyway. Uh, Socialist orientation, reality and theory. Uh, So this is definitely about um, Africa, it looks like. Turkish aspect of Truman doctrine and some mistakes of Stalinist diplomacy. Synchronism of Religious and Mythological Concept of Pre-Muslim Turks, Orient Physiological Context, Sorry, Philosophical Context, Uh, G.S. Pomerant's Role of Scales of Time and Space in Modeling of Historical Process. I'm just trying to find the UFO connection, my friends, Um, because this is about three pages, it looks like. And I don't want to read you everything. But there's some very interesting uh, topics here. From History of Science is one, for example. The Mysterious East. And for those of you who don't know, there are a lot of amazing things that go in in Siberia, even now, in uh, Russia. And I'll definitely be trying to cover that over at some point. Hmm. Ethiopia okay so I'm not really seeing the UFO tie-in here but what I'm gonna do folks is I'm just again I'm gonna pause this so you don't have to wait with me I'm just gonna pause this and then I'm gonna very quickly scroll through and see if I can find what it is in this document that had it dumped as part of the CIA UFO files okay Just give me one minute. Okay, I found it, and it's damn interesting, and I really do wish that there was more on it, but it is simply titled, so it's uh, item line 23, A.D. Dikuryov, Unidentified Flying Objects in Ancient China. So that looks very interesting, and I'm just going to very quickly see here if I can find anything else about this person via... Dr. Google. Okay, yeah, it basically brings up the CIA reading room with that document. Okay, here we go. Actually, this is pretty cool. Unidentified flying objects in ancient China. Slide share. Okay, let's see if there is anything to this. okay it looks like it is a book and it looks like it's been translated into English but it also looks quite weighty it's not something I'm just gonna zip through here really quickly so my friends what I am going to do is I'm going to table that for now and maybe we'll come back to that in a later episode if that's something you find interesting now there is another um, article here from Jason Colavito, uh, and he's, yeah, he's basically found it from the CIA dump as well. It says, uh, the process, the process of emancipation of thought in China in 1980s is particularly impressive after the spiritual vacuum of the epoch of cultural revolution. The efforts of Chinese scientists to find in ancient Chinese sources, historical evidences of UFO existence are of particular interest for sinologists which is someone who studies the studies china basically and experts in science of science the activities of adherence to this of this new scientific trend in china demonstrate mytholo- the methodology and tasks of the chinese historical science in general the article cont- considers a number of concrete modern versions of interpretation of historical materials On Extraordinary Flying Phenomena, a number of works criticizing the attempts to place a historical basis under this problem as a rule does not dispute the main modern concept of UFO as a product of the alien mind. Okay, so it's just basically a summary of this gentleman's work. Um, Just trying to see here, folks, if I can find a link or something for you to check out. Uh, There's a PDF document. I'm just trying to see if there's anything here or if it's one of those where it's just a bit of a dead end. So often in my research, my friends, um, I will find things that are just a waste of time, basically. There's just really nothing there. So that is document 17 anyway. And, yeah, um, I'm not seeing anything here. So, again, very interesting and definitely something that, as you would know, That's definitely right in my subject uh, basket. So that's 17. Let's go here. So what I'm doing, folks, why there's a bit of a pause is I move on into the show folder. So I know I've read off those articles and on what show. So 17 go in there. Come on, you. Okay, 17 into there. Okay, so this is number 18, and this will be the last one for this episode because I need to go and get some rest. Oh boy, this is a messy one. And this one, unfortunately, is just about unreadable. It's got some notes, unidentified, I would say, unidentified flying object. But you really cannot read anything here, unfortunately. It's a real shame because some of these. This one was approved for release on the 2nd of 2010. There are a few handwritten uh, annotations here. 51 and 91, so maybe the document's from 51. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, folks, it is basically unreadable. I can read like Lieutenant Colonel, and that's about it. Um, Very small bits like that. So sorry to end on a bummer. But yeah, not much there. So that's document 18. So that's just one that is really kind of pointless for us to go into depth about. But again, if you want to see that document or any of these documents, send me an email to theparanormalsun at gmail.com and let me know which documents you're interested in. And I'll be happy to share them with you. So with that, folks, I hope that you enjoy this uh, for a bit of a weekend episode for you something again around the ufo lines and the cia files something to keep you busy while i'm working in the background i hope you have a great weekend and hopefully i'll have another episode out on the standard release date uh which would be wednesday here tuesday in the u.s but we'll just see uh right now i'd say it's 50 50 i've just got a lot to get through but we shall see you should know me by now I do my best to try and look after you, my audience, and make sure there's stuff for you to listen to. So anyway, I hope that you have a great weekend. Enjoy, relax, take care of yourselves, my friends, and we will talk soon. You know where to find me if you need me. I'm always on social media just about, so just hit me up if you'd like to talk. All right. Take care. Have a good one.